Alrighty. All right, so I'll do my intro really quick and we'll go from there. Okay. Hello, this is Yolanda Murphy and welcome to this Exceptional Journey podcast where you will find inspiration to live courageously through adversity, empowerment to live freely despite your past, and ignition to live boldly in your purpose, all by walking the survivor's side of life. Good people, what is up? It is your girl Yolanda Murphy in the building with another episode of this exceptional journey podcast. How have you been? If you're new, hello, where you been, girl? I was looking for you. Thank you for listening. And if this is not your first time, girl, did you see that on TV last night? Oh my gosh, let's talk about it. (laughs) Either way it goes, thank you so much for clicking over to my little corner of the podcast world and just rocking with me for a little bit. I have someone who is so special and near and dear to my heart with me today. But before we jump to the guests, let me go ahead and plug social media really quick. Um, You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at This Exceptional Journey. And then hit me up on Twitter. Twitter. What's that? I don't even know. (laughs) Hit me up on Twitter at TEJ Podcast, even hashtag TEJ Podcast, with questions, comments, suggestions your girl wants to know. So let's just jump right in. Probably as you can tell from the title, I have an amazing guest with me today. Hi, Steven. Hi. <laughs> this is Steven. Um, like one of like my closest friends in our support group. He is actually part of um, the support group here in the city of Pittsburgh, um, the young adult cancer support out of the Cancer Caring Center. And I said, you know what? I need you to tell your story. So here we are. Thank you so much for coming and agreeing. Thank you for having me. I'm incredibly excited and slightly nervous. <laughs> I as well. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, as you guys already know, um, the whole point and premise of this Exceptional Journey podcast is to put a voice um, to young adult cancer. Um, we are here, we are out here, but sometimes we feel like we don't have a voice, we don't have a space to tell our stories um, and to talk just about what we've gone through and what we still go through on a day-to-day basis. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, just because I no longer have the disease in my body or have no evidence of it, I still live with cancer and its side effects every day for the rest of my life. Um, we were actually just talking. I had a scan today and I was like so nervous and it was nerve wracking. And I mean, everything came out good. But I mean, talking to someone like, you know, my boy, Steven, like he understands, like I don't even have to explain how nerve wracking it is. You already understand. You've been there. You've done that. But this is what we want everyone else to understand and know. Um, you might not completely understand or feel where we're coming from but everyday life is just no longer the same after cancer and that's the story um, that I want everyone to be able to know and to get to know about young adult cancer so let's go ahead and get started I'm going to ask just the regular question so what's your story tell me about diagnosis what you went went through all right right before Christmas in 2015 um, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer Um, what was interesting and also annoying was that two years before that, I found a lump in my throat. Mm. I went to the doctors, and he kind of shrugged me off and said that I was too young to have cancer, mm-hmm. and um, basically made me feel stupid for pushing it. My sister had thyroid cancer as well, so mm-hmm. I felt that I was pretty justified in my concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ordered a test for me, and it came back clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until two years later after he retired, I went to my new doctor, he felt the lump and he asked if I had it checked out and I told him and he told me it was the wrong test. So that old doctor, uh, the original doctor had me do a thyroid scan, but you actually need to do an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. So he said it was probably nothing at all, but got me in for the ultrasound, found out that I believe it was just around three centimeters, which is relatively big. Mm -hmm. Um, they did the biopsy and, called me at work which mm. sounds like <laughs> right that happened to me too so yeah i'm like seriously you like can't I'm even in a dark conference room like hello i know i'm about to get the diagnosis of my life and i know to go back to work like, i'm slinging coffee at starbucks i was mm. i was a manager of starbucks at the time yeah. and i got the call and he said can you sit down and i was like are you serious this mm. is too cliche to be real right <laughs> right um, <clears throat> 
So he told me that, it, you know, that I had thyroid cancer. Um, he used a term that I would soon grow to hate. Mm-hmm. He said it was the Cadillac of cancers, which um, to me is the most frustrating thing in the world. Am I allowed to swear on here? You can, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's bullshit. <laughs> right, right. No, Matt was swearing up and down, so you're fine. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and so um, he said that I could see a surgeon, but it was about a two-month wait to see one, and he kept mm. saying it's fine because it's slow-growing, and I wanted to say, how would you feel if somebody told you that? I mean, my, come on. it's can't, I don't care if it's slow. It's still growing. Yeah, it's still growing it cancer. it's a foreign entity in my body. Exactly, exactly. What? So, um, I luckily had a friend whose dad was a doctor at UPMC and, Mm, um, pulled a few strings, got me in two days later to see the surgeon who's the head of the, um, endocrinology department. Yes. And uh, that was, my diagnosis was December 21st. Um, I saw her on December 23rd and I had my, a full thyroidectomy by, on, on January 5th. And then they had found that it spread to a lymph node. Mm. Um, it had a, a, a slightly more rare kind called tall cell variant, which is a little more aggressive okay. than the standard thyroid cancer. So I went through radiation, which mm. was fun because with thyroid cancer radiation, you have to be quarantined. Oh. So I was locked in my friend's basement for five days. Wow. <laughs> Um, because if you have that in your body, you could start killing, uh, healthy people's thyroid. Wow. Yeah. So you're literally radioactive. Wow. Now I will say this. I had hyperthyroidism. Okay. Um, and one of the options that they gave me, I think it was the iodine test or something. Yeah. Um, and I had to stay away from like children and all of that. So I kind of understand that, but that's, wow. That's Yeah. It's iodine. I had iodine radiation. So essentially they starve your thyroid of iodine which is what how it gets processed is through your thyroid and then they give you radioactive iodine so since it's starved of it it basically soaks it up and it kills itself or anything remaining after Mm -hmm. surgery wow okay so just radiation no chemo or anything like that i didn't no i was very lucky not to have to have chemo okay Okay. Um, thank God, because I hear everybody talking in group about it and it's not something that I would, (laughs) I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy like legit yeah like, I... whew, anyway <laughs> let's not even go down that road but cool okay so we did radiation and i mean what's life been kind of like since then like how, how long ago was that 2000 so it was removed i was finished with radiation in april of 2016 so okay. it's been about two and a half years i guess okay. now since okay. treatment ended what I found interesting about it and what I hear, and I'm sure that you could attest to this to an extent, and I hear this from most survivors, is that, you know, I think everybody, whenever you're going through your surgery, through your radiation, through your chemo, mm-hmm. you know, you just keep waiting for it to be over. You just keep waiting <laughs> for it to be over. And then suddenly when it's over, it's not over anymore. It's not over. It's yeah. not. Like, I can remember the day of my last radiation, which was October 5th, 2016. And I walked out, did a nice little like Instagram, you know, yeah. video, like, hey, you know, I finished, I got my, you know, certificate, what have you. And I remember going home, I went back to work because I mean, I, I was working from home at the time. And I went back to work. But then, like you said, I kept waiting, like, I was like, okay, what now? Like, I had spent all of this time fighting to survive. Mm-hmm. And they've just told me I've survived. But now I'm like, okay, well, what do I do with this now? Oh, I know. <laughs> like, what do I do? So uh, I can completely attest. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember driving down the street and just breaking down. It was like after everything mm-hmm. was done. I think everybody expects you suddenly to, you know, it's, it ends for them. All of the oh, people who sure. support you. I mean, not, you know, they know people who are around you yeah, get yeah. it and they'll talk to you. But for them, mm-hmm. their friend, mm-hmm. their spouse, their family mm-hmm. survived. And mm-hmm. so they're happy and they get to move on. And then. You expect to kind of feel the same, but you spent all your time and energy working towards this end goal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you don't have anything to do anymore. You right. don't have any appointments right. to do. You don't have any scan. Isn't well, that you know. crazy? Yeah. And I it's thought- just, I know, it's crazy because then you're crazy. like, what am I supposed to do with my life? I'm no. left as this broken person. Like, legit. I remember, again, going through radiation, and it, you know, it's every day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I had six weeks of radiation Monday through Friday. And that was my life for like two months, two, three months, well, two months, one and a half months. You know what I mean? But 
I mean, it was my life. So yeah. then when it stopped, I was like, okay. Because, um, I mean, the women there started to be like family. We were talking about yeah. kids and holidays and what are you doing for the summer? And da- and then it was like, okay, guys. Um, it was nice knowing you. Like, what do you say on the last day? You gave me a slice of cake. Okay, we're going <laughs> to keep it moving. But, I mean, it's... It's like sometimes the most awkward place to be in. It is. I think it's because you just don't know. I mean, it never ends for you. Yeah. Never, it never, never ends for you. And it's mm-hmm. like every ache that you get, every pain oh that you get, gosh. not to mention the hospital bills that just keep flooding your oh, mailbox. I know. Let's not. I, I just need UPMC to stop sending them. I know. I, just, I mean, you're wasting your paper. I know. I'm basically like, to waste- pay, you get 50 bucks a month from Listen, me for the rest of my life. Yeah, because exactly. Because I still am paying off chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. Hello, like, let's not even talk about the doctor's um, visits you have to have every year. Yeah. And how many, let's And then your surgery. About- <laughs> my surgery was almost $40,000 for uh, one yeah. night overnight. And I, thank God mine was outpatient, but they still had to do a biopsy, like yeah. a, a lymph node biopsy. Listen. Yeah. Oh, it's oh going to be forever. Gosh. I'm fully aware of the fact that I'm going to be in medical debt for the rest and of my I life. And I hope UPMC knows that too. Uh, they, <laughs> they have I the money. They recognize it. But they have the money. Don't You're worry. Correct. <laughs> You're correct. You're correct. Um, but yeah, it was. So, you know, that was whenever I think I struggled the absolute most mm-hmm. was at the end of that. Whenever like everyone was just expecting me to be jumping up and down. To be regular again. And Normal. yeah. And yeah. luckily I just ended up randomly. It's, it's so weird because I never, I, I didn't identify as a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. It just never crossed my mind. It was something I was doing, and it was like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we volunteered to help paint the Cancer Caring Center. Never even oh. thought about the fact that it was, like, you know, something that would be a resource for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was in there, and I met Steph, and mm-hmm. she saw the scar on my neck, and she's like, are you a survivor? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> I am, huh? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I guess I am. And she's like, well, you should come. And then, you know, that's how I... Met you. Oh, my gosh. And I know. And this everybody is what's else. so funny. So, first of all, guys, Steven is like the face of Yaks, first of all. <laughs> like, when you think of Yaks, like, of course, besides Stephanie, like, the next person you think of is Steven. Like, he's just so phenomenal. Like, he's freaking, like, I remember oh God, the I'm very blushing. first. Blush. <laughs> the very first event, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember, but the very first event I went to, I went with, um, I call her my daughter, but she's someone I mentor. Like I've helped her, you know, through her her years in life. Hey, daughter. Hey, hey, boo. Hi. <laughs> um, but she came with me um, to this event, and it was the paint night. Oh, I remember that. And remember, you both had that paint on your arm. Yes, and we it took said that yes. picture. Yes. yes. <laughs> and y'all just hit it off, and I was like, oh my gosh, I like him already. <laughs> like you were the very first person I met, and I was like. Oh my gosh! I think I'm already in love. I with didn't this realize group. that was like the first event that you came very, to. That was the very. That was the very first time I met Steph. I had literally just talked to Stephanie, maybe like a day before. Oh my god, that was a fun event to come to. Wasn't it amazing? Yes. I still have my picture and everything. I had a couple too many martinis that night. But Hello. You know. I was like, okay, no more beers for me. I know. The <laughs> okay, plus, I not to mention, they were a hundred dollars each. Hello, because it was at like the ritziest <laughs> yeah. hotel downtown. Um, but I was like, okay, these babies don't know me yet. Let me not, you know, do too much. <laughs> but it was like such a great atmosphere. And it was great to know. I mean, at that time, I didn't know anyone. But it was just great to be in the room to know that there are survivors just like me mm-hmm. who are out here living, surviving, having fun, but still doing it together. Yeah. That was really what blew my mind. And I, like, that was June last year, June 2017. Yeah. Is when I joined, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing time. So, um, again, I'm gonna plug right here. If you know of anyone in the Pittsburgh area, young, um, well, they, actually, Cancer Caring Center has other classes as well. Yeah. But specifically, if you know of anyone um, under the age of 40 that is dealing with cancer of any type or sort, um, or you know, or is just a survivor, definitely, um, I'll leave the information in the show notes so you guys can check out the Cancer Caring Center's website. And then as well, I'll leave the um, contact information for Stephanie, who is our leader, so you guys can get in contact with her if you know of anyone or if you you know need support yeah. in this journey because we all it's a great group of people. I'm not gonna lie I about mean, that. Come on now. I know. Come on. Like I tell Stephanie all the time, and she's like, "I'm so humble." I'm like, "No, I don't think you understand." Like, I oh, she am, doesn't. She doesn't, and I love how humble she is. 
But I need her to recognize that you know you she's gonna cry when she hears this too. I know, Stephanie. <laughs> I love you. We love you. We love you, Steph. But she literally is the embodiment of the reason why, in my advocacy, the journey thus far, I am as powerful and as confident as I am. Absolutely. Because before I met any of you guys and and came to first group or first event, I knew I wanted to help. I knew I wanted to help other young adults. But I didn't know about yaks. I didn't even know it existed. So then here's this whole world of people who are just like me. And here's the leader who's just like me too. Yeah. Like seeing her strength gave me strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? And being around you guys gave me even more confidence. Like, oh, we got this. Mm -hmm. Like if they can do it, I can do it and we can do it together. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. I know. And I can go on and on. About I know. That. And we always say that she's, all of my friends say that she's an angel that actually walks on earth. I'm like, I she's agree with that. I know. I love her. Oh, her face is so red right now. <laughs> I know she is. Sorry, I Steph. love it. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So that so far was just your diagnosis. So what are you, what are you up to now? Like, have you been like getting used to the new normal? Like it's been what, two years at this point, right? Yeah. It's been, um, about two and a half years since treatment ended um i still had to get scans every six months because i had enlarged lymph nodes Mm. and um you know doctors are very quick to brush things off and they're like i mean it's probably nothing it could be anything could be allergies it could be this and i'm like well can you figure it out right um but their solution was just to have me do scans every six months um so that was for the past two years okay my most recent visit they told me i could move to one Every year now. Wonderful. Um, Which is, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I'm still going to have, I think I said in the group recently that every single appointment's like walking the plank. Listen, that's how I was today. Yeah. Literally. Oh, yeah. Um, And remind me to put a pin in what you just said about going from six months to a year. We'll come back to that. Um, But literally, I was talking to Steven today about, because again, I had scans um, today. And literally like they go and do the test. I mean, I don't know how it is for thyroid, but I had breast cancer, of course. So I have to get mammograms and 3d mammograms and all of that. And, um, literally it's just a whole, a room full of women. And usually I'm the youngest. Um, and they call you back. The actual person who takes the images calls you back. Um, they take your flesh of breast, put it on this plate, squeeze it, turn, put your arm up. Don't cough. Don't breathe. Stand still. They do all of these things. And then they say, okay, go back to the waiting room. <laughs> and you wait just like that because it's not a big deal for them no, no, no. but it oh, sure no, is back. for you they'll call you when they're ready so then today my issue well not issue was but the problem was is they they saw something and so then the same woman i had after i had already been waiting like 20 minutes after she did the the images she comes back and is like oh you know we're running behind she says that to the rest of the women in the room but yolanda come back with me i was like oh my Holy <laughs> crap she was like yeah we need more images um, the radiologist just wants to see something and they wanted to do some magnification around my scar area. Um, so had to do those painful as hell. Oh yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. And women, if you've ever had a mammogram, you completely understand where I'm coming from. It's not a walk in the park. Like she had to keep asking me, are you okay? I'm like, just hurry up. Like, stop like asking no, I'm me, not I really, okay? but I got to do what I got to do. Right. Like, stop breathing. Okay, just hurry up. Just hurry up. So then they do again. Oh, just go sit back in the waiting area. <laughs> so talking about walking the plank, and then you just wait. And then you just wait. And it's the longest, like, 10 minutes of your life. And you wait. Because then you don't know who's going to call you again, because you don't know if it's going to be the radiologist who's going to say, okay, now we need an ultrasound. Like, you just never know. So... I just wanted to say I completely understand because I had to go through that today. It's horrible. It's like... Uh, Mine is they get to put the goop on your neck for the ultrasound. Mm. And um, you can't see me right now when you're listening to this, but I have quite a large beard. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I always look a little bit like a drowned rat whenever I come out of there. But, yeah, it's like an hour of cold uh, gel all over my face. And I it's... mean, don't get us wrong, guys. This is not complaints. This is not, you know, oh, no. we're grateful. Just commiserating. You know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're absolutely grateful to still be oh, yeah. healthy. and But we just want to talk about our side. Like, what it feels like to wait to hear your fate. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. Um, I wrote a little creative um, writing piece today just out of my frustration um, of the whole process this morning. And... Literally, it is them walking the plank with you or taking you down the plank to your fate that's unknown. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't know. So, 
I completely concur. Yeah. I concur. But let's get back to that six month, two year. So how does that make you feel? So me, like my doctor did tell me, you know, you can come every year now. And I was like, okay. But does that worry you more? It does a little bit. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's almost like I know it's a pain. And again, like you said, it's not complaining. But, you know, that year in between, every ache, Mm -hmm. every pain, anything Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. is just, you know, anxiety. And, Mm -hmm. you know, having to wait a year for that, I'd almost rather, even though it's kind of annoying to do, I'd rather go every six months. And then, like, if it comes back, it has six less months to grow. Right. And that, that's kind of my thought process, too. Um, I, I mean, you know, unfortunately, your doctor said you have the Cadillac of cancers. <laughs> Another term is Diet Coke of cancers. What? People use that all the time. It's like, it's cancer. It's like, I know. There are no, I mean, there's different grades, of course, in stages. Yeah, and some are a lot, you know, I know thyroid cancer has a much higher survival mm-hmm. rate. And that's fine, but it's still if that doesn't really provide you comfort when you no. hear those words. And not at a young age. No. Let's let's not even start there. No. Right? But I kind of felt the same way, you know, because I was going every six months. And then they were like, okay, we'll see you in a year. And I kind of stopped in my tracks because I was like, okay, I really don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. Like, I'm glad because One of those means... things you should be happy over, right, but it right. doesn't necessarily translate. Exactly. Exactly. So I definitely wanted to touch on that because it's not something... Like, that's a good thing, but then it's like, just like you said, I'd r- almost rather come every six months, knowing that whatever is going to happen will only have six months to survive, if that makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I completely concur with that, completely. So, life right now is good. It is. Life right now is good. You want to talk right about is... what's going on? Yeah. Um, since then, I, well, after all of that happened, I got to go on my dream trip. So, I got to go to Ireland and drive oh, around the country, up. which was amazing. Awesome. Um, got engaged, got married, Woo-hoo. just had a one year anniversary and just bought a house. Listen, these babies are making moves. Okay. I know. Like I was looking at the pictures on Instagram of this house. I was like, there's a porch. Like, I oh, I love it. It's I amazing. can't wait until the summer. I know we're like, going to have to have like maybe a yaks group meeting there with, you know, Oh, I mean, that's good, too, but I wasn't talking about it. I, <laughs> just I mean, like, that's fine. Well, you're only 10 minutes away from me, just so really? you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just know. the porch. I've always wanted a porch. Yeah, it's a huge um, porch. It's huge. Amazing. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to have a beer sitting on Oh, yeah, and we have a backyard, too. So oh, really? I want to do a little patio back there, too. So, But no, wait. there's a lot of good things happening. Yes. Yes. I really like And I just got a new job recently as oh, well. Awesome. So, yeah, working for Carnegie Mellon. I know. It's nice. Get the heck out of here. Guys, you already know CMU is like one of the hugest universities in the country. Like yeah. Like freaking phenomenal. Great benefits. Hello. I'm way not smart enough to go there, but I will, can work there. <laughs> and that's okay, though. Yeah. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Is that they're signing these checks, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure we highlighted. I mean, there's life after cancer. There is. There is freaking life after cancer if nothing else you know you guys have heard me talk about through the podcast um some of the ups and downs that we go through of course um being survivors excuse me but there is life after a diagnosis um and just like you know steven and i were talking about you can still live after i mean it's painstaking um because we do often think about every ache like every different thing that you feel um, oh snap, is the cancer back? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is this a, a long-term side effect of it? You know what I mean? And that's almost every day. Like, yeah. And you have this, you know, amazing group of people right. in your life. And it's, inc- it's, I, I hate to say this term cause this is not how I see it, but people say misery loves company and it's not about that, right. but right. fear and sadness, it's, there's nothing like having somebody who understands it. Absolutely. And anybody in your fa- in your life who's never had cancer, which thank God they haven't, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't necessarily understand it. Sometimes whenever you get scared or freaked out or, you know, a little crazy because that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. it's like, well, no, you're good. You should be fine now. You should mm-hmm. be fine now. So it's nice to have that. But I then along oh with gosh. that, and you're well aware of this, you have the other side where you get close to people who don't always make it yeah we were talking about that um when we recorded the podcast um earlier it's it's unfortunate 
but the greatest thing about it is that you have a group of people that understand. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, Stephanie and I were talking about previously losing Haley and losing Jen. Oh, that was horrible. Um, it it was it rocked my whole world. Like mm-hmm. Haley was my very first. Like besides you and maybe a few other people that are in the group, Haley was the one that I kind of chilled with. Like the very last, well, the very first wig out that I went to last year, she was my hanging buddy. Like we were together the whole entire time. And like to hear that she passed away, not even what, two months later. Exactly. Like, And it's this time of year too. Exactly. This time of year. I don't know what it is because David just hit me really hard. We had another um, unfortunate, and actually I've talked about it in one of my um, previous podcasts. Um, One of our, he had brain cancer, right? Yeah. Um, One of our fellow um, Yaks members, David, passed away. um, And it was looking really hopeful for a little while. Yeah. Um, He was, he came to a few events with us and, um, you know, he was very, he was all all the way down to try anything and everything. He was determined, yeah. Very determined, very determined. And. Unfortunately, he lost his battle, but it's just been, I mean, that comes with it. You know what I mean? And when I speak to people um, that don't have cancer or never had cancer or have someone in their close proximity, um, the only phrase that I can really use is you have to take the good with the bad with this disease. Like it's unfortunate, but I mean, I I was talking to one of my close friends and I was like, when I first, you know, joined the group and. I was like, I almost don't want to get close to anybody mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to feel the pain of the loss. Yeah. But then you have to think like, but no, th- these are my people. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, these are my peeps. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, no, I'm not going to let that fear. Yeah, you, you know can't I mean? you can't stop with fear. And honestly, I mean, whenever it's all said and done, mm-hmm. like, I am so incredibly grateful that they Absolutely. were in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm so incredibly grateful that, you know, I was able to support them in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll always, you know, hold that dear to me. But, Absolutely. you know, it's still... that You're right. The good definitely outweighs the bad, mm-hmm. but sometimes the bad is hard. <laughs> the bad is hard. I mean, it, it comes with it, but it's... You just... You can never be prepared for it. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Never. You, just, you could just never be prepared to lose someone. I don't even think David was 30, was he? He was 23. Two, twenty-three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can. I mean, you can never prepare for that. Like never. There, no. Just and no I think way. Haley was right around the same age as yeah, well. Yeah, she was. She was. That. It. It's heart wrenching, but to be honest, I sometimes use that as fuel. Yeah. You know what I mean? To keep pressing, to keep moving, to say, okay, although we lost these great, great people, there are still people out there that can be helped. There's still people out there that you know my voice can help. Yeah. Exactly. Change, you know. Their, their whole mentality about going through the process of a cancer diagnosis. So absolutely, absolutely. So what's, what's, what's next? Like, do we have anything big coming up or? Um, no, I mean, we just booked a cruise, which is exciting, <laughs> but, um, no, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm just incredibly looking forward to everything. I mean, we have the Christmas lights. Are you doing Christmas lights on Saturday? I am. Yeah. I'm excited about Are that. Are you doing Thursday? I'm not. I have to work. My oh, second man. job. Okay. Um, sling beer on the side as well. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, there's, I just, I mean, I'm very, really, really excited to have my first year in the house. Yes. The, yes. The, um, good things. I know there's a lot of good things, but yeah. Going back to, I had a question for you actually. Absolutely. Is that okay? Absolutely. Look, I'm going to turn the tables here. <laughs> no, Matt did the same thing. Um, <laughs> he was like, I mean, I know you're interviewing me, but. I often talk about with people when we talk about these different things mm-hmm. is the day of the you get the news, the diagnosis. You said you were at work as well, which, mm-hmm. by the way, doctors, if you're listening, that might not be the best time it's to do not. this. I mean, I want to know as soon as possible. I know, but like. But, I mean, maybe ask us up front and say, okay, if I need to call you during the week. Yes. Around what time will you not be at, at exactly. work? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I got my, I mean, I missed a call. I was volunteering at Shepherd Wellness Center. Um, mm. We always do right around Christmas. Um, we go and serve food mm-hmm. uh, to people at that community center. And I missed a call from my doctor on a mm. Friday. They called me at like 6 p.m. And everyone was like, I missed it. And when I called back, he was already gone. And they were like, he wouldn't have called you if it was anything. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And then wow. he called me at work and told me. But I'm just curious how yes. you reacted at work. You said you were in a conference room. I was. So I recognized the number um, because, you know, the office has the same preface. Or and preface. your stomach dropped. 
and my <laughs> I was sitting at my desk and um yeah so I instant like I kind of stared at the phone for a second and was like okay like this is what you this is what the call you've been waiting for and so I had to wait the weekend um so I went and got a um I went for my like yearly regular like pap smear you know how ladies have yeah. to do and I think that was either done on a Wednesday I think that was done on a Thursday and um I went for my regular and she was like, Oh, you have a lump. I found the lump and I was like, do you feel this lump? And she said, yes, let's get you a mammogram. Um, so I got the mammogram that same day, went downstairs at the same in the same building. And, um, they were like, okay. And it was kind of end of the day. They were like, okay, did all the mammogram. They said, okay, now we want to do an ultrasound. They did an ultrasound. And thankfully the, the, person who did the ultrasound was very honest she was like I'm gonna be honest with you this looks like cancer um so she kind of prepared me she said and she kind of pointed out like okay so usually if it was just a cyst or something like that it would have like smooth edges or something like that she said but this it has like arms and legs everywhere so to speak so Ugh. she was like so what we're gonna do is get you a biopsy but the people who do the biopsy are gone for the day so can you come back tomorrow morning? I said, can I come back tomorrow morning? What time you want me to be here? <laughs> Hello. So then it was a Friday and I was there bright and early, but they, it usually takes like 24, 48 hours for them to, to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Monday came, go, went through the whole entire weekend. I didn't tell anyone. I, I didn't even tell my parents until that Sunday. And because I had felt the lump like a week earlier, like maybe even two weeks earlier. Yeah, I remember you saying you were just kind of laying down. And... Yeah, yeah, I was just kind of chilling. You know, I actually had just moved into my place. I didn't even have furniture or anything yet. Like I was like off on like yes, new year, new me. You know how we do. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I felt the lump one night, um, laying on my air mattress, sitting on the floor, <laughs> with my furniture coming within the next couple weeks. And so all weekend, you know, I just felt the agony alone and came Monday heart dropped. I was like, okay, where can I go? And the funny thing is, is I actually think I planned the, <laughs> the way of escape even before I got the call because I knew they would call me on Monday. So I thought ahead of time, like, okay, where can I go? Like if I need to break down, cause I didn't know how I was going to react. Mm -hmm. So she told me and I, you know, took some paper with me just in case she needed me to write anything down. And she told me, this is what it is. This is the stage it is. And what I stage was it? Uh, two. Okay. Stage 2B. Invasive ductal carcinoma, just in case anyone wants to know. Um, so I kind of just sat in there for a while. And I processed it. And I said, okay. But I think I was still in shock. Because I was like, what the hell? Like, what? Yeah. So I just went back to my desk. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you work the rest of the day? I did. What? <laughs> I did. I did. Because I didn't really know how to process it. Um, so to me, mentally, it was easier just to be the robot I was usually used to being with work and kind of putting it out of my mind because, you know, in my job, like I'm doing dip, like I'm clicking here and doing this. And so I didn't have really time to dwell on it, but honey, that ride home. And I actually sat with it for a couple of days. Like I didn't tell anybody because Ooh. I wanted to figure out in my own mind how to process that I had cancer. Like, in your 30s, you never think about it. You just I don't mean, think that call is going to happen. No. Like, you just don't think about it. And I was like, okay, I need to sit with this for a little bit just so I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because you and I could not have had any <laughs> more opposite Are you serious? reactions to this. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Oh, my God. I got the call at work. So it was like Starbucks, you know, 7 a.m. Oh, busiest hour. Yeah, the yeah. busiest hour. And I told my shift supervisor, I was like, I'm going to get this call today. Um, to find out, so you know, something out. I'm mm -hmm. just going to. I have to leave whenever it happens. I have to go in the back. And he told me, I lost it. Mm. Just started sobbing immediately. What? Walked out. He looked at me and he was like, "Just go." And I walked outside and I went. There's this one little alcove of this building that mm -hmm. I will always drive by and remember that horrible yeah. moment. Yeah. And I called Gene and he like mm. sobbed with me. Oh. And um, I called my friend Frank, who's a nurse practitioner, and talked mm -hmm. to him. He cried with me. And then I went home, and my boss was nice enough. She just gave me the week off. She was like, I'll awesome. figure it out. Yeah, and so I uh, went home and just, like, 
then I just laid there like, what, what am right. I supposed to do now? Right, right. And I have some amazing friends, and they all came over and just kind of hung mm. out in the living room and cried with me. Wow, that's amazing. Well, yeah. So Kat, Jean took off the next day, too, I think. We just kind of like, you know, watched TV and stuff. Dude, to the that is the complete opposite. But yeah, <laughs> that, I like. That is the complete opposite. I shut down. I yeah. like was a hysterical mess. Like, it's funny because, you know, I'm 6'5 <laughs> and uh, I have a very imposed, like a very large frame imposing. <laughs> And these, all these students in Oakland are walking by me, and I'm like sobbing hysterically in this little like corner of a building. Everyone's like, "Right, what like, do we do?" What in the world? Wow, we did. It was complete opposite. Complete opposite. Like I don't, I don't even know. And I, I think that, I mean, not to say that it speaks to our personalities, but I think the greatest thing is, is your friends and everyone was there for you exactly how to, how you needed them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but once I was able to tell everyone, um, I kind of just took the position, like I'm good only because like I've, I've told and talked about, you know, in group and everything is my faith kept me strong. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like, Oh no, God got me. I'm gonna be okay. And literally like, and I kid you not, I'd not have, and still not. Now I've cried during the process, but about having cancer, I've never cried. Yeah. Not once. I find it very interesting, too, when we were talking about the the process after it all happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt this, but the best way I could describe it, and I wrote this one, like, there's Thyca, which is thyroidcancer.org, and okay. they have, like, the support thing. And I posted something in there that, like, it was my best way to get the words out, and it mm -hmm. was almost like when you get the diagnosis, and maybe you have the same situation – you suddenly become a support system for the people around you because mm -hmm. nobody knows how to, I mean, right. you don't know how to handle right. your own mortality. Nobody else knows how to handle your mortality. And you know, you have no choice, but to like, just survive and yep. try your best. Absolutely. And so like when people would be like, Oh, it's the diet Coke of cancers. It's the, you know, um, the Cadillac of cancers. I wouldn't really, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's going to be fine. Never really feeling like right. it's this simple. Right. But, but for everybody else around me, mm -hmm. for my family, my friends, I mm -hmm. have to be like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, like my sister did this before. I'm going to have to do X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. All the while terrified. But what are you going to do? Do you want right. to break down and have them then break down? Right. And here's the, and, and I think that's crazy that you bring that up because as the survivor, you end up. I like how you said it being the support for them. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can clearly remember telling my mom because we had a Sunday dinner uh, the Sunday before I found out, and it was my mom, my dad, my brother, just us. Now my brother's married and he has children, but I don't remember where his wife and um, his children were. But it was just us four, which is not really common on a Sunday because it's usually all of us or like my aunt comes over or my other cousins come over um, for Sunday dinner after church, and um, it was just us. And I had been contemplating, contemplating like when to say what or how to say to them. But like you said, instantly I was in the defense of them because I didn't want to blow it up. I didn't want them to be, like you said, hysterical or crying. Um, and like I've said before, in my case, my dad had just had, like I found out in February of 16, Oh, yeah, I remember you saying when yeah. I was listening. And then my dad um, had just had prostate cancer surgery in December of, of, of 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there was already a lot of stuff going on in my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. My dad was healing from that. And then he got hurt working. So um, in that January when he went back to work. So he, my mom was still, you know, keeping him on the mend from that. And then here's this diagnosis. Well, not yet know, knew at that time, but I still wanted to support them. You know yeah. what I mean? And be strong for them. So I completely downplayed it. Like, Oh, you know, I found a lump. I, you know, I didn't tell them I went through everything and with the biopsy and I was like, we're, we're just waiting to see what it is. And yeah. you know, my mom was like, I can't take anything else right now. Oh God. Right. But I, I mean, it, it wasn't a lie though. Yeah. You know no. I mean? I mean, that's the thing is then you instantly want to protect her exactly. because she's your mom. Exactly. Exactly. So when I did find out Monday, that's why I said I sat with it for a couple of days because I, I needed to figure out because I had I have a lot of moving parts in my life um, at the time. And even now I had two jobs. I, I do a lot of stuff at my church with a lot of di different organizations. And I was like, OK, how do I tell people 
I have to completely step away from everything. You know what I mean? To focus to be on able yourself, to... yeah. Exactly. And that piece comes in like, oh, no. Oh, you know, it's the Cadillac of cancers. I'm okay. Oh, it's fine. It's, you know. Right. It's a 98% cure rate. Right. Which at that point, I mean, I was straight up lying to people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It is. Yeah. But, you know, there was a 99% chance that mm-hmm. the lump wasn't cancerous. And then it was a 98% chance it wouldn't have spread because mm-hmm. it's so slow growing. Okay. And, you know, it was just the odds were not in my favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I definitely use those odds yeah. to help other people feel to better about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was, I mean, would you say that helped in the long run? It, I mean, I think it did looking back. I was a little resentful of it at first. I'm not going to lie. Listen, no, th- go ahead. I'm going to let you finish because I thought I was the only one. Like, no, I was a little resentful. Oh my gosh. So here's the thing. I'd never, like, I completely appreciate everyone that is a part of my tribe and that's a part of my support system. But I, like, maybe a year after, I felt kind of like bitter. Yeah. For lack of a better word, because here I was the one going through cancer, but I'm trying to make you feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. About my disease. Exact I I same was the thing. Only one. Oh my god. I remember I remember specifically driving home from the waterfront. We went to see a movie mm-hmm. and I was in the car with Jean and it was just like everything was coming down on me. For whatever mm-hmm. reason that night it happened mm-hmm. and he was driving and I just lost it just started Mm -hmm. sobbing and he you know of course he's like what the hell is going on with you and i said that i was like you don't understand i was like it pisses me off because it's over for you yeah it's over for you it's over for everybody else which is not you know he's the most supportive person in the world but i'm like it's not for me and i was like and i had to be strong for everybody and when i was terrified i was telling everybody else that i was going to be fine because Mm -hmm. you know it because that's what I needed to do. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. let people know how scared I was. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up resenting it a little bit. But yeah. then the more I look back on it now that I have a little distance, I'm like, I also needed their reaction to be yep. kind of level yep. and yep. positive. And if I would have said how scared I was, mm-hmm. I could have seen it in their face and it would have just been a spiral. Right. And I know me, right. I would have gone down this rabbit hole of yeah. terror. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm glad too, because sometimes I felt like a jerk because I'm like, why do I yeah, resent this? Yeah, but I, I can completely um, agree with that as well, because at the end of the day, once you, you know, get some distance from it and, you know, wisdom teaches you in, in those instances and situations that you did the best you could in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if it meant um, trying to save yourself by not being the full truth to someone else. Yeah. Um, because I told people, um, okay, I'm not crying, so you can't cry. Mm-hmm. Like specifically in front of me, because I mean, come on, how many times do you want to have to say I have cancer? I have cancer. I have cancer. I have can. Like after a while, I just told people, you tell whoever you feel like needs to know. Yeah. Because I'm tired of telling the story. Because I'm tired of getting people's reactions. Um, and as much as they try to save face, that is a big deal. Yeah. So I understand, like if you feel like you need to turn away from me for a second or. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but after a while, you're just, it weighs on you. You know what I mean? And you're trying to be positive. And like you said, you're trying to save their emotions and, you know, whatever they will react to. So, no, I'm good. No, I'm okay. Like, no, I'll be fine. No, I'll be fine. It's like cancer. that head tilt. Like, no, I'm good. Right. Like, I remember the day of my diagnosis, my friend Christina, and she's probably going to hate me for this, but I've never seen anybody cry as quickly as she does. And sometimes it's a game. Like, I'll be like, okay, let me see what I can say to make you cry. Because it's almost like it's on demand. And, you know, Jean told her mm-hmm. um, that I got the diagnosis. And, you know, it was a really rough day. And everybody came over, and I, you know, Obviously, I wasn't like the happy, you know, and I had the happiest place. And she walked in, (laughs) and I remember she walked up the steps, and she came in, and she was like, hi, honey. And she went, hi. I (laughs) promised I wasn't going to do this. And she told me that she was sitting out in the car for, like, 20 minutes, going over to mine, like, okay, you have to be strong for him. You have to be strong for him. But we now look back and laugh, and she was like, I didn't even get the word hi out of my Mm -hmm. mouth before I started to cry. so funny. But... It made me laugh yeah. because it was like one of those. In that moment, I think that was the first time I laughed that day because awesome. it was like, I was like, <laughs> right. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> okay, back to reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, cool. So is there anything else you want us to know about you? I don't think Just so. Just how awesome you are. Well, I mean, I try. Um, 
No, I think that I absolutely like. I'm so glad that you plug Yaks because it was, you know, life changing. And I remember I've talked to Maria about this recently, who I think you're going to have on soon. Mm-hmm. But I reached out to her because we had mutual friends and told her to come. And she didn't even come to group until after her, I believe it was her last treatment was over. Oh, okay. And because she said the same thing. She's like, I could do this. Like, I'm strong. I could do this alone. And now looking back, she's like, I shouldn't have waited. I wish I would have had those people for the whole time. And it is. It's this very weird um, moment where you have to identify, like, it almost sounds, it was really hard for me to say I was a survivor. It just sounded like I did something that, like, amazing and right and i survived it yeah and it's not really it never feels that way right so i would just say that if you're dealing with this whatsoever exactly like you said like don't wait i mean if you come and it's not for you and you think we're all annoying that's fine and that's fine yeah (laughs) i mean i don't know how you could but (laughs) um just come just Mm -hmm. do it and just listen to somebody else literally take the words out of your mouth that you didn't think anybody could understand I remember one of the first groups, I just sat there in awe. Like, I didn't say much, but I was like, holy crap. Like, I thought it was just me. Like, yeah. Literally. Like, you have, ev- there's so, everybody has these same feelings that you, for instance, feeling a little bitter about the fact that you yeah. had to be strong for people. Yeah. Like, I, I never brought I that up. Yeah, I never brought it up like, until now on this podcast suddenly, and then no. I find that the one person I actually brought it up to actually felt it. Yes. So I'm assuming most yes. people in our group would have to agree yes. with that. That's awesome. And so I that's the it. kind of stuff that comes out from the support group that mm-hmm. you might not even know that you needed. Right, right. Um, plus, you get to meet Steph, who's amazing. She's so amazing. <laughs> we love you, Stephanie. We love you, Steph. No, we're not groupies or anything. Not at all. We love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. This has been great. I know. I, I love it. It's so much less scary it. than I expected See, it to be. I told you. Yeah. I said the same thing. Now, I told Matt I was nervous only because, like, you guys are my family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to do it right, you know? But Matt was like, oh, no, we're going to make it fine. I will just, you know, I was like, of course, Matt. Of course you will. <laughs> yeah. I bet he was making a lot of funny faces and... He, acting all time. crazy he was it was yeah. a good time it was a good time but this has been great this is exactly what it's about to me like getting our voice out there getting our story out there so that other young adults know that they're not the only ones and it's not about race or nationality sexual orientation disability like it's not about any of that crap it's the fact that we have had to fight the fight of cancer yeah. and we're still here to tell the story you know what i mean yeah. we are still alive we're still kicking and we're still telling it, right? Yeah. I think that's amazing. Things amazing. So I just have one last question for you. Okay. I always end on a good question. Okay. So your pre-cancer self, what would your what would your survivor self say to your pre-cancer self about life? Oh wow. Um what would I say to my pre-cancer self? Or like a little bit of advice or wisdom you you would instill you are much stronger than you expected you ever could be Mm. um and you know i have always been and it's been a source of uh comedy in my life i've always been a little bit of a hypochondriac and by a little (laughs) bit i mean a lot and i have been convinced i convinced myself i had cancer about eighty five thousand times in my life and i always joke around with people saying that Whenever I have those thoughts now, like, you know, I'm a little hypochond, you know, I have a little spot on my skin. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, you're a hypochondriac. I'm like, but I was right once. <laughs> so, like, you can't tell me. <laughs> I mean, I was right one time. And it, it was a big one. <laughs> it, it was, was a, a big, big one. one. <laughs> um, no, but I think that, like, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I always, it was such a scary thing. And it really was when it happened. But, like. You know, you, I found my people. I found people that get me and understand me and people who fulfill amazing aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got so much stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to people before. And what I truthfully believe is that, like, I'm a better person because of it. Because now I'm more involved. I Mm -hmm. provide support for other people. um, And I put myself out there so that other people don't have to do it alone. And that I can support them. And so... I think I would just say, like, this is going to suck, mm-hmm. but you're also going to kill it. Oh, you're going to kill it. <laughs> and you did. That's so cool. Yeah, I I definitely, when I think back to my pre-cancer self, um, 
I've always known that I was a strong willed individual mm-hmm. um, because um, like I've previously spoken about um, in one of the very first support group meetings that I've gone to, um, you know, I let people know that breast cancer is just another something I've had to survive. Um, there'll be books about it later. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> um, but I really didn't recognize how strong I really was. And so after I got my diagnosis and had to fight everything that I had to fight, um, and not even just physically, I mean, yeah, we have to heal physically from surgery or from chemo or from radiation, but I'm talking about even within. Like, All the emotional yes. turmoil to me was harder than any of the other yes. stuff. Yes, yes. 100%. And I'd never, like, I would look up one day and be like, holy, like, how the heck did I get here? And I'm still standing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're strong, girl. I know. Oh, my God. Still have moments that you don't feel, but then whenever you look back overall, I'm like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Steven, it has been amazing. Wonderful. To have you on my podcast. I'll come back anytime you want. Although, I don't know how much more I have to say. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. The the goal, like I was telling you, is maybe to have like a little group setting. Yeah. So, maybe we'll have like a little like powwow or something. Sounds good. Have chips and dip and. Maybe glasses of... Um, we could all bring our knitting supplies and have a stitch and bitch. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't knit, baby. What is that? Oh, well, I could teach you. Thank you, please. You just drink a lot of wine, you knit, and you okay. talk. I love it. I'm down. Yeah. I'm always down. You know, I'm always down for new stuff. Yeah. So it has been amazing. If you guys have made it thus far in the podcast, thank you so, so much. I hope something that we've said today has been like a help to you. Um, I hope you picked up some great nuggets that we were able to, you know, talk about our journey. Steven, thank you again so much. Thank you for having Um, me. And guys, if you know of anyone, again, that needs support as a young adult, um, either still battling cancer or has survived, or if it's you, definitely hit up the show notes. Um, I will leave all of the information there for the young adult cancer support um, here in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, and then as well, if you want to hit up Stephen with questions, comments, you know, about his journey, plug your uh, Twitter for me real quick. It is at Evenstay. Pig Latin for Stephen. Evenstay. Oh, you still love even stay. Pig Latin back in the day. Didn't it make you, like, feel, like, real cool? Oh, I thought I was the <laughs> coolest person in the world. And, like, nobody could understand it. No, and you would be like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, it was, like, this exclusive thing <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, guys, it has been amazing. Thank you so much again for rocking with me, and I'll check you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.